You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, turn to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17. I've been praying over this service for weeks and weeks. I've been getting ready for this message, and I am excited about what we're going to share with you. You made a good decision when you decided to tune in today. I want to look at arguably the most well-known battle story in the Bible, probably the most well-known story in the battle, a Bible, is the, is the battle between David and Goliath, that encounter. To go back and recap in, verse, in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, all of Israel's army was out in battle with the Philistines. And in chapter 17, 17, Jesse sends his youngest son, David, to go to the battle lines and check out his brothers. Go check on them. See how they're doing. Well, in verse 23, we read David is talking with his brothers, and this Philistine Goliath comes out and starts yelling at Israel's army, and he does it every day. And every day, Israel's army runs in fear. This is what was going on day after day. Let's start in verse 32. I want to make sure that we're all familiar with this story today. David looks around and says, don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. Oh, come on. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or a bear comes to steal the lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club, rescue it from the lamb by the mouth. The animal turns on me. I just grab it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both the lions and the bears. I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the, law, the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. Well, all right, go ahead. May the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword on, took a step or two to see what it's like. He'd never worn anything like this before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So Saul took them off again. He chose five smooth stones from a stream, and he put them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across that valley to fight Philistines. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this little boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David. You come with me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I'll kill you and cut off your head. Then I'm going to give the, <laughs> the dead bodies of your little graphic here. Give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world is going to know that there's a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and a spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he'll give you to us. Goliath moved closer to attack. David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling, and he hit that Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank deep, and Goliath stumbled and fell to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over, pulled out Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. This is one of the most famous battles in history. David defeats Goliath. 
and it still is today. I want to call your attention to one point. Out of all of the sermons that you have heard since you were in nursery school, all the sermons you've heard, all the sermons that I've preached on countless different points that are in this story, you may have never, ever seen this ever before. Great speakers pause for emphasis. Are you ready for this? There is no David without a Goliath. The title of today's message is, There's No David Without a Goliath. On stage with me today is our Christian Ministries Academy ball team and our coaches. Y'all give our team a big hand sitting up here with me today. Our coaches up here with us are Chad Hicks and Nathan Robinson. They're here sitting on the front row here taking care of the front row crew is our athletic director, uh, Britton Upton. Our season's schedule is going to be up, is up on the screen. Now, I want you to think about this schedule. And I want you to think about our teams sitting on this stage with me today. Our coaches. Now, here's what they say. They say they love these kids. They, they say they want what's best for them. They say that they're here to teach them. They say that they care deeply about them. But I want you to look at what they've done. I want you to look at what this woman sitting right here has done. They scheduled opponents. You said you care deeply about these kids. Not just one opponent, but they have scheduled one after the next, after the next, after the next for an entire season. I got a question for our church today. You answer me this. How can a good coach schedule somebody to beat you? I just can't serve a coach. I can't believe in a coach that would allow me to face an opponent. Where were you, coach, when we faced Little Rock Homeschool? Where were you, coach, when we faced Columbia Christian? The answer to that is right on the bench beside you. Yeah, you're fixing to be glad you're here. You're about to be really glad that you're here. This is going to be a wild day for you. This is going to be an aha moment in your life. It's going to be a game changer for many in here today. As we're going to talk about the fact that for you to experience victory, for you to have victories in your life, you have to have conflict. For you to be an overcomer, you have to have things to overcome in your life. Our basketball teams, they practice, they scrimmage. 
I drop by and I watch them scrimmaging. They're playing each other. They have team meetings. They have parties over at the coach's house. Oh, it's fun. It's fun going over to the coach's house, having parties. But there's no victory until you face an opponent. There is no victory until you face an opponent. There's no victory in your life until you learn to work through a bad call. There's no victory in your life until you learn to take a foul and nobody noticed or cared. We just went on to the other end and acted like it didn't even happen. And you just took it and you're mad about it. You learn to take it, swallow it, and keep playing hard. So there's no victory until you develop the ability to do that in life. David has no victory. We're not talking about David 4,000 years later without a Goliath in his life. And the reason this victory was so historical is that the odds were very much against David winning. We've got some folks on this schedule that the odds are very much against us winning. See, the problem is we want to make out our team's ball schedule for the entire year and never put an opponent on it. A ball team that just goes to practice every day and goes to team parties at the coach's house will never be able to celebrate a great season because they have never faced an opponent. Coach Nathan and Coach Chad say they love these guys and they love these girls. There's just no way they should ever put a hardship on them. I probably shouldn't tell some of you this, but I've known of this man running these kids till one of them run out the back door and threw up. <laughs> probably shouldn't have brought that up. I've known them running them so hard, the legs cramped up. Cramps in it. I just can't serve a God who would put any discomfort on me. I can't serve a God who would put any hard times on me. Why... Does our athletic director, Britain, why does she schedule opponents? Why? Why would you do that to these kids? Why would you do that? Well, there's two reasons. Number one, for them to experience the thrill of victory. Number two, for them to learn the life lessons from the losses. The life lessons that you get gritty, you get tough. You develop an ability to handle life. You develop an ability to work through the hard times in life. And is our athletic director mean, insensitive? I cannot ever trust her. Or does she, in fact, have the good of these kids in mind when she schedules a hard opponent for them? we got a real problem in Christianity today. We only want to come to team meetings on Sunday morning and go over to parties at the Connect Group house. And we're distraught if we have any opponent during the week. We're mad at God. We're quitting church. This team's not working for me. I tried this thing and it's not working for me. I tried to listen to the pastor up there and it didn't work. Look what happened. No one called me from that church last week when I went through a difficult time. No one sent flowers to me from that church 
I'm quitting the church because nobody sent a sympathy card to me. I want y'all to listen to me real clear. I ain't sending you flowers for any of these games. I'm not ever going to send you a sympathy card. It's what you do. It's what you do. You shake it off and you go play the next one. You shake it off and you go play the next one. And if you get mad and offended because I didn't send you flowers or a sympathy card, you're playing the wrong game because life is to go win over your opponent. Go win. It's going to get better, so just keep ready to clap. I've got several places in my notes where I say thunderous applause will break out at this point. John 16, 30. No, this, no, this, no, no, it's not here. It's not here. It's not here. I only do it when it's in the notes because it throws me off if I'm not prepared for it. John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. In this season, you're going to have some trouble. In this season, you're going to look at the scoreboard and you're way behind. In this season, you've got some opponents, but take heart. The coach is sitting right beside you and we're going to get through this thing. Come on. Right, let me tell you something. Jesus' finest hour of his whole earth existence... Jesus' finest hour was not riding that donkey and them throwing palm branches in the street and shouting Hosanna. Jesus' finest hour was when he was in hell defeating the devil. Jesus' finest hour was on Sunday, uh, early Sunday morning. There wasn't nobody around. There wasn't no palm branches. There wasn't nobody singing. There wasn't nobody praising him. It was him and an angel and a big stone, and he rolled that baby out of the way. That's his finest hour is overcoming the devil, overcoming obstacles in his life. I mean, it's wonderful to God, get palm branches and Hosanna, Hosanna. That's a wonderful time, but his finest hour is when he rolled that stone back and he defeated the devil. Here's an essential verse for our church. Every member of this church, I want to make sure that you have this verse memorized. It's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if some strange thing were happening to you. For the slower members in this church, let me read it again. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the tough teams that are on the schedule. As if some strange thing was happening only to your ball team. Come on, are you getting this? This verse has revolutionized my life. I go to church all the time. Why am I going through this? After all, I'm in church. I pay my tithe. Why am I having to go through this? Why is this against me? Why is this hurt? Why is this lost? Why is my business? Why is this happening to me? See, number one, don't be surprised when you go through a difficulty this next week. Number one, don't be surprised about it. And number two, for crying out loud, stop acting like you're the only ball team that has an opponent scheduled next week. Stop acting like you're the only one going through a difficult time this week. We all fight daily battles. 
The point is, we win them and go on. We win them and go on. Why are our battles there for us to win? Why are these opponents scheduled for us to have victories in our life? The only reason 4,000 years later that we still refer to David is that he defeated Goliath. Had he not defeated Goliath, we still wouldn't be talking about him. It's not a strange thing happening only to you. Your coach has scheduled you a basketball appointment, and that's what you do. That's what you do. Why we act like I can't believe I'm going through this difficult time? Going through difficult times, that's what we do right there. That's what we do. Tim, it's just been one thing after another. Really? That's kind of what life is. It's just one thing after another. On Monday night, we turn right around and go on Thursday night. It's just one thing after another. Why? Because that's the way you experience victories in your life. We live our life winning our battles. Now, here's what I want our team to know. At the end of the season, we're not going to have won every single battle. There's going to be some that you lose. Now, what are we going to do? Get mad at the coach? Tell him he lied to us? We were disillusioned? Quit the team? Or are we going to learn from those losses? Are we going to work through those losses and beat them the next time we face them? Beat them the next time we face them. In your daily life, you're not going to win every battle. Dang it, I shouldn't have said that. I get back in my truck and I'm so ashamed of the way I acted, what I said, the way I did. I did not win that battle. But I don't quit being a Christian. I don't get mad at God. What I do is I learn from that. I develop maturity from that. And then the next time I'm in that situation, I bite my tongue and I control that thought. Oh, Pastor, just pray for me. I'm in a real battle right now. Okay, good. Go win it. Our ball team does not fall apart and call me for prayer every single game. It's what they do. Just pray for me, Pastor. What's wrong? We got a game Thursday night. And I think I got another one Monday. That's not a strange thing. What you're going through right now in your marriage, with your finances, in your health, with your neighbor, with the conflict that you're in with a cousin, that's not a strange thing. Go take it on, win it. Go take it on and win it. Quit whining about it. Oh, just pray for me. Oh, I'm just going through some things right now. And please don't quit the team because you got an opponent. Well, you hadn't seen me in church lately. I hadn't. What's going on? Just going through some things. So you, so you just quit church? Really? John 10, 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have life more abundant. I love half of that verse. I love the victory celebrations in the end zone. I love the trophies at the end of the tournament. I love the cutting down of the nets. But to do that, there has to be a Goliath. 
See, for Jesus to come that you might have life and have it more abundant, there is a thief that kills, steals, and destroys that you're going to have to overcome. I dislike half of the verse. Well, guess what? The whole season comes with it. Let me just ask, what's the thrill of cutting a net down? I, for some of you who don't know anything about basketball, when you win a tournament, they bring a ladder out, you climb up the ladder, take scissors, you cut your little piece of the net. Has everybody at least seen that on TV? Cool. If that's such a big thrill, then why don't y'all, all of y'all got a goal nailed to the carport at your house. Let's go out there tonight and cut you a chunk of it out. If that is such a big thrill, just climb up there and cut you a piece of it out and put it in a frame and frame your picture beside it. If getting a trophy is such a big thrill, they sell them down here for 10 bucks. Go buy you a couple of them. If you don't have 10, I'll go buy you one. What is the thrill about cutting that net down? The thrill is the opponents that you beat to get to climb that ladder in your life. Goliaths are not to be dreaded. Goliaths are not to be dodged. They're not to be avoided. They're to be defeated. And this team, this schedule for our team is not to be dreaded. It's not to be dodged. It's not to have somebody please pray that all of that go away. Just pray for us. I just want Britain to come and just... It's all gone. We have no opponents this whole year. Oh, thank the Lord. Come on, let's get a right outlook on life. Let's get a right outlook on what's going on in your life right now. The situation that you were in this last week, the situation that you're facing this next week, let's get a right attitude about that right now. There is no David without a Goliath. Romans 12, 21 don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Evil tries to overcome you. Anger, rage, malice. The Bible talks a lot about this. Second John 2 is all about overcoming the evil one. Revelation 17 says, Overcome the evil one with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. First John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. The Bible is literally full of overcoming messages to us. Why? Because it is our schedule on the board. That's what's ahead of us this next year of our life. And if you'll make note today, it's one after another. It's just, my gosh, it's just been one thing after another. That's life. I'm just fighting depression right now. It's been so bad. Great. Win and go on. I'm just fighting stress. Oh, this job, I'm just fighting stress. Great. Let's go. Win. Put it in the win column and let's roll on. I'm just fighting such fear and worry in my life. Good. Great. Hot dog. Win. Let's go. I'm just fighting such bitterness right now. I'm just, I'm bitter. Great. Win over it this week and let's go to the next one. Come on. We got to get a hold of a right attitude on life. I'm just fighting pornography, Tim. It's just, I'm fighting alcoholism right now. This alcoholism, I'm just fighting. Great, win, let's go. Let's win over that opponent, and let's move on to the next one. Let's get a victory in that column, and let's move on to the next one. 
Back to 1 Samuel 17. There's some key things that I want to bring out in David's victory. Some of these vital keys are said, and then some of these vital keys really are not said. 1726, David asked, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Here's what I want you to know. God is on your side. He's not on the side of anger. God is on your side. God's not on the side of alcoholism. He's on your side. See, God's not on the side of pornography. He's on your side. God is on your side. Chad is on your side. Chad is on, he is your, he's on your side. He has your best interest in heart. See, he's on your side. You're not fighting against the coach. He's on your side. Come on, church, let's stop fighting the coach and understand he's on our side. Saul says, there's no way you can fight this giant. And in 35, well, the lion and the bear came out and he carried off the sheep. I went out and killed it. And this giant will be like one of these. Here's what I want you to understand today. You have to have past victories over smaller things in your life. See, daily we win over our smaller battles. That's what scrimmaging is all about. The coaches have you scrimmage. You're playing each other. You're, on the, you're playing each other. See, I scrimmage every day. My anger comes up. I have to win over that thing. My smart mouth comes up. I have to win over it. See, it's a scrimmage going on. See, I scrimmage all day. My attitude creeps up. I've got to win over that thing. I got a bad thought that comes in. I got to win over that thing. See, I am scrimmaging. Then, whenever the Goliath steps out, when the doctor's report steps out, whenever the marriage crisis steps out, then whenever you just got laid off by this company and you lost your job and you lost your retirement, and when that steps out, see, let me just tell you something. I'll whip this thing just like I've whipped my mouth, my attitude, my bad anger, my bitterness, my unforgiveness. I've won over all of these little things. I've been scrimmaging for a long time getting ready to play this game, and this financial crisis in my life will be just like me whipping my anger back a few years ago. You have to have some little victories in your life. That's what we do in practice. That's what we do in practice. Every day, little victories. Look, we shot 10 in a row and I hit 7 of them. Then I hit 8 of them. See, you're experiencing some little victories. Then whenever you walk out on that court, a technical has been called and nobody's out there but you and all the stands are watching. Goes 10 feet just like it was at home. I'll hit this shot just like I've hit the ones at home. You have to have hit some shots at home or you're not equipped to hit these shots out here. And church, we're going to have to start winning these little, I'm just fighting depression. Win over that and let's move on because a big crisis is around the corner. See, you're going to have a big, you're going to have a Goliath around the corner. We got to win over these little issues. It's essential that we win daily battles in our life. Because those Goliaths step out from time to time, and you've got to have faith built in you. Hey, this, I've done the lion, I've done the bear, and this will go down just like that. I've overcome my mouth. I used to have a bad mouth. I used to have a bad temper. I've overcome that. And now this doctor's report, this issue right here, this, merit, this financial crisis will be just like this one. Just like this. Verse 40, he took off the armor that Saul tried to put on him. It says, and he chose five smooth stones. David 
knew what worked for him. David knew what worked for him. And I've watched this a lot. I've watched this a whole lot in a team. A team that is in football a running team, and then all of a sudden they get in a situation, they got to pass ever down there in trouble. You got to stay with what works with you. I don't care what, we're going to just keep running our game. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Well, you have to have a here's what we do. See, the problem with Christians is they don't have a here's what we do. I can tell you what I do. Here's what I know how to do. I know how to get up early in the morning. I know how to read my word. I know how to play, pace the floor and pray in the spirit. Here's what I know how to do. See, I know how. See, you've got to know what a right stone feels like. You've got to be able to choose those stones. And the way you choose those stones is by all the ones that you chose before that you missed with. Let me ask you a question. Is David's little boy swinging that slingshot at every acorn, at every sweet gumball, at every rock? Is he thought, there's not anything safe out there as he take care of the sheep. He's shooting a rock at everything. Do you think he ever missed a target? Lots. Thousands of misses. Thousands of misses. What do those misses do? They teach you how to make. See, you learn from your mistakes. You benefit from a miss. You benefit from a loss. A loss doesn't take you out. David didn't throw his slingshot in the creek and say, I'm never going to throw another rock because he missed five things in a row. See, he just kept on and he kept on and he kept on. And when David threw that rock into Goliath's forehead, it wasn't because he had never missed. It wasn't because he had played a perfect season. It's that he had developed the ability to pick out what stone works for him. What stone works for you? You're going to have to have those misses in your life. Okay, I don't use that kind. Okay, I don't use that. Here's what I do do. Boy, I had a little problem. Had a little crisis come up. So you went and got drunk. How'd that work? Okay, well, let's don't choose that stone again. All right, you had a little problem. So what you did is you just kicked the door off the hinges as you walked out of the house. How'd that work for your marriage? Okay, probably not so well. Let's don't choose that stone again. Let's, so you just got in your car and just blew gravel all over the driveways. You okay, how, boy, that just endear your wife to you. Okay, we'll probably want to use that stone again. See, we're not learning in life. See, when David started reaching in that creek, not that one. Not that one. I've tried that one and it won't work. I've said that and that didn't work. Woo, I used that one, and she threw a pie plate at me. I'm not getting that one again. So, oh, this one right here, here's the one I need. See, here's what you do every day in the gym is you develop your technique of what works for you. Here's the way it works for me. Don't let the miss last week cause you to quit and take you out of the game. You blew it last week. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. And you royally screwed that up. I hand it to you. You did. Let's go to the next game. Let's, let's go to the next game. Let's shake that off and let's do better next week. You, you just blew that game. We had the game won and you single-handedly blew it. Learn from it and let's win next week. See, we got to move forward in our walk with God. we got to move forward in our challenges with opponents in our life. And you've got to develop a life that works for you. 
You've got to develop a life that works for you. Here's my question. Are you winning over your little battles? Are you winning over your little battles? All right, show of hands. How many has played on the CMA ball team for five years? How many? Five years. Raise, raise them up high. Get them up where you're proud of it. All right, five years. Okay, five years. Let me ask you. Can you dribble better today than you did five years ago? Absolutely. 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 I saw him five years ago. He's terrible. <laughs> but you ought to watch him now. But you ought to watch him now. You ought to watch him now. Can you handle the ball? Can you catch the ball better than you could? A lot better. Yeah, you were terrible when you started. <laughs> I watched her go up and catch it, and just hit her in the head. Went right through her hands. Oh, catch the darn ball. She can grab a rebound right now. W what happened? She got better. And she played for the coach, and she got better. And she played under the coach, and she got better. And she played under the coach, and she got better. Here's what's tragic. We got folks been coming to church 20 years, and their anger is just like it was when they started coming. Their insecurity is the same as it was when they started coming. Their inability to be happy is the same inability. They, they were wallowing in depression 10 years ago, and they're still wallowing in depression. See, the name of this game is, it's not how you started out dribbling when you was in the third grade. It's how you're dribbling now. See, it's how are you dribbling. See, after you've been in this church for five years, you ought to be catching the ball a lot quicker than you caught it before. You've been in this church for five years, you ought to be way down the road over your anger, way down the road over your temper. See, now I get it. You don't win every game, but you're sure winning a whole lot more than you did. See, we're not in Christianity. We're going to have to develop like these coaches are developing these athletes, God wants to develop you to handle the opponents in your life. And you've got to develop. You've got to develop. Teens, I want all of us to look at that schedule. Everybody looking at that schedule. I want you to look at it. Now you've got one or two choices. One or two choices today looking at that schedule. We can be mad at Britain for scheduling that. We can talk of stoning her for scheduling all of these games. We can be very frustrated because we are facing some opponents. Or today there can be great excitement in your heart. We've been practicing. We've been getting better. We've been getting better. We were executing some plays. I can't wait to try them out November the 1st. I'm looking forward. Pastor, just pray for me next week. Come on, let's get a right attitude. Pastor, I've got an opponent tomorrow. Hot dog, I can't wait to win over this thing. See, we got to get a right attitude about our difficulties in life. One, you can be mad at God. I can't trust a God who would do this to me. I can't love a God who would do this to me. Or you can have great excitement in your heart and say, I'm looking forward to this next month of my life. I'm going to whip this just like I've whipped other things. I'm going to overcome this just like I've overcome many things in my life. See, I've been training. We had a scrimmage last week. That was a line. We had a scrimmage the week before. That was a bear. And I'm looking forward to those the first three games on my list. I'm looking forward to put this on somebody else. Come on, are you getting this? There's one or two places that you can live. 
verse 21 through verse 25, there's one of two places you can live your life. Number one, you can run and you can hide, and that's where Israel's army was living. Every day, they ran and they hid. Now, they all saw the reward. David said, what's the reward for this? Boy, I mean, they all knew the reward. You know the reward for whipping alcohol. You know the reward for whipping a pornography addiction. You, you know the reward for getting your marriage back. You got a great solid marriage. You, got, I mean, you know the reward of getting that done. You know the reward of getting you a savings account and uh, saving money and amassing some money. You know the reward of that, but you just can't trust a God. You just can't serve a God that would allow problems to come on my life. And so you just quit and you fold and you hide. Or, number two, you can load your slingshot and you can come up out of that foxhole and you can run toward the giants in your life you can, with great excitement in your heart, look forward to that date, that next date, that next date. We've been practicing hard. We've been conditioning, and I'm looking forward. I can't wait to put this Sunday morning sermon in my life. I'm looking forward to this next week. I'm going to apply this Sunday morning sermon in my life. See that drill that the coach taught me? I'm looking forward to putting that in my life. These last three Sunday mornings have been fantastic, and I can't wait to put them into my life, and I'm going to make this happen for me. Depression, you just keep on coming because I'm fixing to cut your head off, and I'm going to feed it to the birds. Come on, right now, all over this place, all over this place. Depression, I'm done with you taunting me. Come on, let's do business. I'm done with you taunting me. I'm cutting your head off. Low self-esteem, feeling ugly, feeling dumb, feeling stupid. I'm, t I'm tired of those thoughts, and I'm cutting your head off, and I'm feeding it to the birds right now. I'm not going to continue to feel stupid. I'm not going to continue to feel ugly. I'm not going to continue to feel insecure and inferior. I'm cutting those thoughts off, and I'm going to feed them to the birds. I'm living victorious. There may be somebody here today. I believe there's somebody today. Come on, right here. These thoughts of suicide, they're leaving here right now. These thoughts of suicide, I'm cutting your head off, and I'm feeding it to the birds. I'm going to fulfill what God has for me. I'm going to fulfill what God has for me to do, and I'm not thinking those thoughts ever again. I'm stopping that right now. And Come on, let's win some battles in our life. There's some in here fighting pornography. Come on, let's right now. I'm done with this. I'm done with all of this. If I got to throw my computer out the window, I'm done with this. I'm stopping this. I'm stopping this hold that it's got on me, and I'm not going to let it ruin my life another day. See, all of Israel's army, they saw the reward for killing Goliath, but they just wouldn't go and attack him. Come on, right now, I'm loading my slingshot, and I'm running toward him. Team, we've got a season facing us. That's where we are. Let's not be mad at the coach for scheduling opponents. Let's not quit the team because we are facing some giants on our schedule. Let's not question the coach's motive for making us play in this game. Let's develop some small victories. Let's get our daily scrimmages where they're producing benefits in our life. And let's get ourselves ready to take on the giants Come on, church, let's roll up our sleeves and embrace the schedule 
that we have facing us. I want everybody in here to live knowing there is no David without a Goliath. Y'all stand. You have been listening to the CMC podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.